Um, I'm hoping that's live over there. We'll find out. Anyhow, we're going to be keeping on. We're going to keep going on. And so, um, if you woke up to a supermoon last night, you're right. Um, we had a definite supermoon. What's a supermoon? Well, if you know anything about the enemy, you know that the enemy operates through sun, moon, and star rituals. And so, what they've done is they use uh, the galactical courts to try to stop intercessors and stop your movement through C2. And that was their main objective. So if you woke up discouraged this morning or under heavy pressure, this is that. This is that. For those of you who are still coming out of C2, and we've moved out of C2, thank God. Thank God. (laughs) Um, But we're still catching pressure. You're going to catch pressure before and after you move out of that. And so um, it's imperative that you're on top of that. But so... I got, I wanted to give you a heads up on what's going on with me. And while I'm just uh, broadcasting on Facebook today, I ran into a hookup last week because they actually pinged me on YouTube for seven days. So I won't be back up on YouTube until next Tuesday. They pinged me for a video that that's over a year old and it makes no sense. It was dated back to January 30th in 2020, which I've heard from a lot of people that they're pinging a lot of people right now, but Whatever. So my goal in helping you is to, if, if you don't understand what, what our ministry uh, responsibilities are, we're here to, here to help front runners and we're here to help you track the news. We're here to help you track uh, what's going on in the seasons and how you maneuver through them. But that's our main responsibility, as well as teaching you how to move through God's heart. And so, again, if you woke up with a lot of pressure this morning, you're right. It's uh, the super moon. It's occult pressure. Just keep on moving on through. So they've released mega witchcraft onto the body of Christ with mega infighting. They're trying to get us to destroy ourselves uh, to where they get us to do their work for them, basically, through witchcraft prayers. I've talked a little bit about that the last two to three weeks, if you haven't caught that. Um, please go back and listen to my other two to three videos. That's talking all about that and teaching the body how not to jump to conclusions and start reacting to one another. It may not be. And I'm going to get into that here in this conversation where you're going to start learning that it's not what you think it is. It's not always your brother, your sister in Christ hammering down on you. It's really vain imaginations and your unhealed areas in your heart that are hindering you from seeing the truth about how who to respond to and as to who's attacking you. And so be patient with one another. So the enemy's also trying to release lying spirits to get leaders to think that other leaders are praying against them. So before you strike out and start releasing witchcraft prayers against others, think uh, think about what you're thinking about. <laughs> Again, you might want to bind the witchcraft away first. That's just wisdom because even the most seasoned prophets have not dealt with the level of witchcraft we're currently dealing with right now. Hey, Kara. Hey, good good morning, man, or good afternoon, I guess. It's afternoon now. But so anyway, thank you for joining me this afternoon. So at EW, um, it's our responsibility and it's part of our mandate um, to teach people how to move through this type of witchcraft. And I know we're not the only ministry who does it. You've got other ones out there who can do it, but we're one of them. Um, but this strategy that the enemy's maneuvering us through right now, he's trying to get us to work against each other. So if you've not dealt with sun, moon, and stars magic, it's very strong. And so we might not know as much as we think we know is what I'm trying to say. We're all learning as we move forward. We've never been here before. And so 
uh, I think it takes a little bit of humility for all of us to stand up in this place because we're all taking it and hopefully, hopefully working together as we maneuver out of the old and into the new. But here at Ezekiel's Will's ministry, um, we don't pray against other ministries. Hey, guys, good afternoon. But we do want you to know we bless you. But honestly, we're too busy trying to fight and move ahead to help the rest of the body. Um, to have our eyes on other ministries or to try to curse other people. God says he'll bless those who bless you and he'll curse those who curse you. So again, we're here to bless people, not to curse people, which takes us into Proverbs eighteen seven, where it's ta- where it speaks about a fool's mouth. This is unraveling and his lips entrap himself. You do not want to curse other ministries. I'm just telling you that you don't want to curse other leaders. You don't. God says, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. So it's imperative in this hour that we know that we're able to take our thoughts captive and cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the throne of God. It's also imperative that we know how to test the spirit that we're listening to because the enemy's sending in lying spirits right now. They're sending in disinformation. The Lord just told me that last night as well. They're sending in disinformation to try to get us to react to one another instead of respond in love. And God's saying, keep your cool in this hour. Don't react to everything going on around you. Don't do that. So I'm going to move on through into 2 Kings 8, 1 through 9, 13, where it speaks about God knows the future, but he also knows men's hearts. And the Shunammite woman experienced all these things when God was testing her heart by experiencing three different tragedies going on around her. She was going through hardship like a lot of us have been going through hardship and dealing with witchcraft and dealing with all the things in her household. She lost a son. She was uprooted from her household and she had a loss of property. And so yet she was faithful to the Lord because when Alicia came on the scene, she was faithful to help God's servant. And she was always very, very faithful to God. She didn't get her eyes stuck on her circumstances. She got her eyes focused on God because she knew he was her only way out and through and it's the same thing that we're all going through right now as a nation. It's the very same thing that God's testing us each in individually with different circumstances individually. So we've got a national issue going on. We've got an individual issue going on. It's now affecting us on the state level. But how well do you keep your focus? How well do you perform under pressure? That's the key to the conversation. So she was faithful to the Lord. She did exactly what he told her to do. And then God not only helped her to recover it all, he helped her to escape the famine. He resurrected her son, and then she regained her property. So you're going to get it all back. You just got to keep your eye on the prize in this hour while God takes us out of the old and into the new. So although in this new place we've entered into, it might look like the enemy is winning. God says, I've already gone way ahead of you to prepare a future for you. Which kind of leads us kind of wonder sometimes, you know, why is God allowing all this (laughs) with everything we've already been through? But God's actually, he's out, he's after our hearts. He's going after the heart of of his people. He's trying to gain our hearts back. He wants to bring us back into love. And God's always testing us to see how we'll fare in the test with what choices we make, how we respond to other people. Will we recognize the test or are we going to just stay stuck in our old bat combative ways like we've always been and, and making excuses for why our lives have been stuck the way they've always been. But the Lord's saying in this season, 
It's wise for you to call upon my name so that you don't grow bitter, but instead you grow better. Because some testings are hard, but God says, I'm always going to use them all for your good. For those who are focused on me, I'm going to use them for the good of those who are called under my name. And you know, people like Ben-Hadad, if you've never heard of Ben-Hadad in the Bible or Hazel, I think his name is Hazel, Hazel, hope I'm saying that right. Um, There are always going to be people that want the information that the prophets have. They want what God has to offer. But they don't always want to do things God's way. They always want, they want what people want what they want. I always tell our teams, people want what they want around you. But they don't always want to do things God's way. Because people are really, a lot of people in the church right now are really, really flesh driven. And so I've talked about the 85% that are flesh driven right now, instead of moving over into the things of the spirit. And so God has taught us that People that seek out our Lord or that that say, Lord, Lord, they're not always going to want our God. They're not always going to want God or the the love of God or to come into the ways of God. And so this is where discernment has to come in, because honestly, God's not throwing his pearls before swine. Pardon me. And in this hour, it's all about the heart. Everything I've been prophesying about and talking about and teaching about has been about the heart. Everything. That's what front runners are always focused on. We're focused on the heart of God. We teach you how to run through and maneuver through and accelerate through the heart of God yearly. So God is about the heart. If we haven't gotten the message by now, he's looking for people with, uh, they want to seek the heart of David and they want to come into God with authenticity and genuineness. And they want to get free from religion. And the church hasn't wanted to grow up in this hour. So God's going after those hearts who do. And not those hearts who are just power hungry or money hungry or people that are just after what their selfish flesh wants. He's going after people who really run hard after him. And the prophet Elijah, I'm going to say it right, Elisha. Elisha saw Haziel's heart and he saw the murder in his heart. And then as soon as he saw it and he called Haziel out on it, Haziel denied it. He said, oh, no, no, that's not there. How many people have said that to God? Oh, no, no, no. I don't have that problem. Until you go into a public setting with a real prophet and and then God gently puts his finger on things and, and then you have to get honest with yourself. But why would it cause God? Why would we cause God to have to put us in those situations to even really submit those areas of our heart to him? Because he's really trying. God is a God who's a gentle God. I believe God's a respectful God, and I believe God will meet us in the private places in our quiet time with him if we'll get honest with him. But if we're not willing to, then he'll use the public places. He'll he'll extend it on out and he'll draw it on out to where we're put in to, to some pretty embarrassing places sometimes in order for him to deal with us. And so Haziel was one of those people. And God says, you don't really know how wicked your heart is, which is why we need to cry out to God for his help. We always need to allow, allow God to search our hearts. And an, an example of not hearing God correctly uh, not only happened with Haziel, but it also happened with Jehoshaphat. Remember last, this is Friday, Monday, I was talking about Jehoshaphat, which I was really shocked, by the way, that God brought his name up again in today's topic. Um, and Jehoshaphat was a godly leader. He was a very godly leader, but he sought after and kept company with ungodly people. He sought after King Ahab of all people who was married to Jezebel. We all know Jezebel's background. 
And he knew better. He knew better. But when we go and we start commiserating or we start uh, keeping company with wicked people or wicked leaders even, leaders keep company with wicked leaders when you know their hearts aren't right with God, then we set ourselves up for the outcomes that come with that because you become who you hang around. And Jehoshaphat knew that Ahab's heart wasn't right with God. He sensed it, and yet he went anyway. He was even, I'm going to be so bold to say this, he was even stupid enough to go into battle with this wicked leader. That's stupidity. When you know people aren't right with God and they have open doors and and open doors to warfare, and yet we still want to lock shields with them and we know something's awry. This is not an hour to be doing that at all. This It's all about who you're connected to, their roots and their fruits. It's all about the heart. It's all about love. And if how God said, how will you love my people? By my love. By my love. You're going to know them by my love. And so, of course, he went to battle with him. And Ahab had proclaimed himself to have listened to true prophets. That's the ones he had surrounded himself with. Basically, they were yes men. He had surrounded himself with yes men or people that only told him what he wanted to hear. And that's because he was married to Jezebel. He was a false prophetess. And so they had their own group of people that they, I call them eunuchs, that they surrounded themselves with or people that were cut off from life. They really didn't hear the truth of God. They only heard the lying spirits that surrounded them. And so they, these people had a gift of prophecy, but none of the vessels listened to the Lord. And so they told Ahab and Jezebel what they wanted to hear so they wouldn't be put to death because they were so afraid of being condemned by these two evil vessels. And we have the false prophets and the Balaam's prophets rising up in this hour, the false teachers and preachers. And it's scary. It's very, very scary. Again, God said, how will you know my people? By my love. By my love, the warm, unconditional love of Jesus. Now, and I want to point this out too. On my page, when I start posting, because again, I post the news and then I give you the revs throughout the week. I give you revs on Mondays and Fridays and then the compass on Wednesday. But it's my, uh, when I post the news, it's to keep you informed and try to keep the body and the intercessors abreast of how to pray. And so not all the news is going to really, um, People aren't going to talk the way I want them to talk. And some of the videos, they may have cussing and I can't control that. And I always make it a, uh, a habit to put a blurb at the top of the caption. Please excuse the language kind of a thing. But if I find the information is really good, I try to post it. I just ask you to please have grace for me. But um, that's my objective when I do that. But it's it's in the attempt of helping you do your job while I'm trying to do mine and teaching you how to maneuver through contraction point two, three, and four. But I can't ever get caught up in, and I won't ever settle for false prophets. I won't ever less, listen to that. And I actually heard the other day, Kent Christmas was talking about this and how to know the difference between a true and a false prophet. And the false prophets, when you listen to them, it's just dead. You don't feel anything, no life, Nothing. Whereas with a true prophet, your spirit just kind of runs right down that stream with them and you can feel the love of God on them. And you just kind of you're able to jive and it bears witness with the spirit of God in you. And so that's how you know the difference between the two, as well as you feel the love of Christ in them. And hopefully they hopefully hopefully that's the biggest key of it. But Jehoshaphat 
went so far after he knew he'd already gotten into deep kimchi with the Lord. He's not only disobeying God by keeping bad company now, he's actually now going to disobey the Lord. He marries a daughter of Ahab. So he's buying into false covenant. He's buying into ungodly company. He's, he's diving in head first into stupidity, if you ask me. But meaning, he made a covenant with an ungodly person and then placed himself amongst very ungodly people because he didn't want to live underneath God's truth. How many people find yourself doing that? You, you find people that will say, that will agree with your sin. They'll say, yes, oh no, you're a great person. You're a great leader. I'm going to even hit leaders on this too. You're a great leader because you've been in the business so long. But yet we've been in it so long that we fail to see our own staleness, our own stagnancy, and how we've stopped listening to God. We've lost the edge or the sharpness on our axe head. I just read that yesterday with a guy who lost, he was going down to with Alicia to, to preach on the banks of the Jordan, and he dropped his borrowed axe in the water. He's like, oh my God, it was a borrowed axe. And Alicia, of course, you know the story, he raised it to the surface, but God's saying, don't lose your edge in this hour. Don't lose your edge. Don't lose your focus on love. Don't, no matter how tired you are, no matter what it looks like around you, don't lose your edge. Stay focused, even in your fatigue. So we want to make sure we're always living according to God's version of truth and not our own. And his, even his own son was a bad example of this because he allowed evil people to lead him into great sin. And so it carried on through the generations. We don't want that. We want to continue to get our bloodlines cleaned up because this is a time now where everything that's coming down the pike is heavy duty. And so we're going to have to be testing the spirit. First John 4, 3. We're going to have to make sure we're staying at peace with all men. And knowing which stream or whose stream we're walking in. If there's a check in your spirit, I always tell people like this. If you get that in your spirit when you're listening to somebody, turn it off. Don't sit there and waste time and question, well, am I hearing God? Am I not hearing God? Your spirit man knows. That check where you get that, that's that's the Lord saying, get out of here. Get out of here. This isn't me. Get out of here. Listen to that small, still voice. Listen to that. So you stay walking in the same, in the, in the correct streams because God doesn't support. If you observe the body and different people around you, he doesn't support people tearing people down in order for them to have what they selfishly want. He said, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And he will be holding evil accountable to fulfill his own promises to his people. He did it with Jezebel and Ahab. And he's going to do it with us if we are caught up in our own selfish devices. And so in this hour, God's saying, I'm demanding that you align with my ways so I can protect you and take you higher. But you have to choose and quit doing what's evil in the sight of the Lord so that he can truly change our hearts. Which moves us into Acts 16, 16 through 40, which talks, I know I'm going to hate to talk about this topic. Talking about patience. My favorite topic, patience. How many of you ever prayed for patience before? And Paul was actually to be commended 
for his patience. Paul was, believe it or not, for a person who killed and persecuted Christians, was very, very patient after he got saved. But he was commended for that attribute. And I think the times that we currently live in are actually very, very trying uh, because of how they challenge each one of us to force ourselves to stay focused on truth and love, um, taking each situation and allowing God to walk us through it so that we don't sin against each other or against God. And it's because it's so stressful right now. I mean, people can really tick you off in a New York minute. I mean, I had it happen to me yesterday, driving through a McDonald's, as of all places, where I had a young woman who apparently didn't like her job. And so she was very, very rude. And I just sat there and I thought, Lord, <laughs> Lord. I mean, blatantly rude. And I just thought, Lord. But I didn't know what had happened before I got to her that day. And so I got to her after the window and I said, are you having a bad day? And her eyes got real big. And I just thought, mm. I wanted to say, if you want another truth, I wanted to say you might want to consider getting a new job, <laughs> but I didn't say that. That wouldn't be loving, right? But that's what you wanted to say. But you have to take each situation, though, honestly, as God's bringing it to you, because it's all a test. It's genuinely all a test. And allow God to walk you through it so that we don't sin against each other. We don't sin against God. And some situations are actually a lot more easier than others because <laughs> the testings within the body are actually to see how much you've progressed from last season into this one. So every day we're learning, or every day we're living in, we're having to also learn about how to come into higher levels of love, but also how to deal with high levels of warfare, learning to battle like we've never battled before while maintaining God's Spirit. And that's what differentiates us from the rest of the world, actually, because if you know God, God was very, very patient with the disciples. Thank you, Lord. He was very, very patient with immature brothers and sisters in the kingdom. He didn't condemn them. And and I think, you know, we all started somewhere. We all started at the lower levels of the mountain. We all started at the lower levels of love. So why would we not give that to other people who are immature in the spirit? And, and it, maybe it's just because you're just tired of boring. I don't know. But he's telling us in this hour. Have patience. And Paul displayed this. He displayed this patience while waiting. Actually, he'd been praying for a helper named John Mark. And as God was developing John Mark for leadership, John Mark wasn't exactly the easiest person to deal with. He was kind of an annoyance and an irritant. But he eventually became a true son in faith to Paul as Paul was learning patience, (laughs) where he said, He learned to say, in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience. We're saying have patience with one another. Don't allow the enemy to use your vessel against one another because he's trying to get you to curse yourselves. It's a strategy. Don't be foolish and spouting off and having to think you have to have the last word in things. And, oh, I'm going to get you that attitude. Put those attitudes down. Put those attitudes down. We don't. Because at the end of the day, God's ultimate goal is to help save a soul. And you may be the only Jesus they ever see. So, God's saying, I have the right person ready at the right time around you to test you with. So be patient. Be ready. But during this time, there were two tests going on in Paul's life. He was trying to be, he was being tested with uh, John Mark, and he was also being tested with uh, a, a woman who was a, he was a, 
a fortune teller. And I don't think at this point in the ballgame, I think after you've done ministry for a while, you know, you're tired. We've been going down this road for a while, especially when you're coming out of C2. You definitely do not want to be tested when you're coming out of C2, but the whole dadgum thing's a test. So you can't help but be tested. Um, And it's fiery testing is what it is. And remember I told you before we entered into C2 that C2, there was going to be a pulling you back going on and and then a, a pushing you forward, if you will. And the pulling you back is the occult and the pushing you forward is God. So he's trying to push you up higher into his spirit while we learn to pass the test to see what we've been delivered of in C1 so that we can actually come up higher into kingdom. That's the whole purpose of that. But Paul was tested like this too. And we see where his patience was tested. And he he got very annoyed, very annoyed when he had to put up with the demoniac. And he put up with it as long as he could. And then he finally got mad and cast out the demon. So he didn't go after the person. He went after the demon behind it. So if you're going to go after anything in prayer, go after the spirit behind the person. Quit attacking people. But go after the spirit that you're hearing the Lord talk about. If you're hearing God correctly, I'm going to get into that here in a second too. But his actions cause problems for him. Just like our actions cause problems for us sometimes when we serve the Lord. And it caused him a lot of suffering, which is another area he had to have patience in. Because everyone gets tired of suffering for the gospel. (laughs) I'm just shooting straight up. And if we're human... If you're human, you do. You get tired of persecution and you get tired of false accusation and you get tired of just dealing with bad behaviors of immature religious zealots who might not ever find love. And sometimes you think, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this, God? And then God brings us back into our right minds and we realize I'm not doing this for, for myself. I'm not doing this, you know, just for me. I'm doing this because of the way God's using me in whatever areas he's plugged you into. And so... It's more than me is what I'm trying to say. It's always got to be more than us. It can't just be about us. Because love, if you're operating in the true love of Jesus, it's always others oriented. And and that's where you get that satisfaction and that fulfillment is seeing another life changed and having that, you know, fulfillment through Christ in your life. And so if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, or you're sick and tired of dealing with difficult people, have patience. I'm tired of hearing that word. But And that's because the word of God is drilling itself down into our hearts today. He's drilling that truth into us. Patience. Lord says also, when you're hurt, ask me to give you Psalms in the night. Psalms of patience. Because at the end of the day, God's saying, how how much are we willing to suffer to win someone over to the Lord? And Lord says, because their salvation is ultimately what I'm after. It's not always about us. And Lord says, you may be sick and tired of dealing with some of the idiots you deal with right now, but not all of them are tares. Some are just honestly immature people who don't know any better. They don't know any better. And so Paul dealt with this type of demon possession on the slave girl. She was also a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She was operating in witchcraft for money, like the false prophets of today, or even the Balaam's prophets. But his main focus was on getting her free. And it's because he saw who she could be. Do you ever see the potential of who people can be? And they may not ever choose to come in. But still, if we're obedient, God knows. He knows as long as we're doing what he that he's asked us to do. 
But so after Paul got disgusted and got tired of the malarkey, he cast the demon out. But then he got in trouble with their masters because he took away their only way of making a living. But today in this hour, God's saying, it's all about the heart. The Lord says, I'm not here to help you make a living at the gospel's sake, but instead to help you get free because of the gospel. That's what the Lord is saying. And to truly have a changed heart. So for everybody who's focused on money, everybody who's focused on, I'm going to lose my tail if you're a leader because people, I'm getting taken off YouTube or blah, 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 whatever's going on in your world. You're not dependent upon you if you're really relying upon God. I mean, seriously, God, you're not your own provider. We're not our own providers. If we're trusting in a holy God, God is our provider. He's our, that's the person for whom our help comes from. And so I'm not relying upon people is what I'm trying to say. You're not relying upon people to be uh, your providers and to give into your ministry or what have you. If God is truly your provider, then God's going to make a way where there is no way. And he's the one you should be focused on. And so take, take a load off with that truth. But the Lord says, be very afraid. This is for the Balaam's and the false prophets in this hour. Lord says, be very afraid. Because in this hour, says the Lord, I'm fixing to have my true prophets call you out if you continue on in this type of behavior. If you continue on abusing my sheep, if you continue using my sheep for your own selfish gain, Lord says, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call you out. I'm going to have my apostles and my prophets call you out by name. Which moves us into Psalms 143, 1 through 12. That's ending on a high note. Where it talks about prayer. Being engaged in the Lord's battles. And unless you've been engaged in the Lord's battles, you may not understand this prayer. Because it's actually the cry of a soldier in combat where where they're saying to the Lord, Lord, hear us. We're tired. We're just so tired of all of this. And we're ready for change. We're ready for you to do something good and to answer our prayers. And that's actually how David felt, actually, because he was in the dust and he felt like he was in darkness. He was thirsty and he was like, he was just like a man crying out in the darkness. He just felt like things were never going to change. There's always going to be times in our walk as intercessors, where we feel like God's not hearing us. But did it ever occur to you that it's all just part of the test? Part of the test where God's looking at our hearts to see, are you willing to come deeper? What are you willing to do if I draw back my spirit? If I feel like I'm a million miles away, what are you willing to do to come deeper? And I actually had this happen to me last week where I haven't done this in a long time, and I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but this is the truth. I used to pray in tongues here and there, but I used to do it a whole lot. And the other day, I just started praying in tongues and I just kept going. And something in me just made me kept going and going for like 45 minutes. Ended up having the Lord keep me up all night long, talking to me and giving me all this revelation. And I thought, where did I put my head? I can't believe that I forgotten about that powerful warfare tool. And it was a way that God was saying, hey, I'm drawing you back to the deepest parts of my heart. I want you to come deeper. But in order to come deeper, then you've got to engage some of my tools so that I can speak to you in a way that the devil can't hear. And it's also in a way that draws you into my heart. And so that's one of those tools when you pray in tongues. But it's also a great way to keep your your prayers protected if you don't feel like your prayers are getting answered. So remember that. Put that in your backpack. 
as God brings you up during this warfare season. So David, during this season, he was wise enough to ask the Lord, God, teach me. Teach me what I have to do. Teach me to trust you, but teach me how to walk in your ways so that you, I can fulfill your orders and your mandate on my life. But he included God in everything he did. He included God in everything he did daily. And so he kept God in the loop and he was talking to him throughout the day and communing with him throughout the day. He didn't just show up on Sundays and say, well, God, I'll see you next Sunday. He, he was always talking to him and always praying to him. And then he was, he was wise enough to say, Lord, revive me, strengthen me with Isaiah 40, 31. Because David at this point felt like he was in the dust. But he had to learn that true prayer means that we, we're here to serve God. God's not here to serve us. And so the Lord is trying to tell us right now, and he's saying this to leaders, he's saying it to the sheep right now, that even though you feel like things are getting pressurized, they're getting kind of scary, if you want to be honest about it, um, and, and, and Lord's saying, just keep your eyes on me. You stay focused, stay in my crosshairs, but you keep your eyes on me, keep your eyes on love, because I told you, and I've been speaking to you through my prophets from the very, very beginning, and I've told you the end from the beginning. So... In order for you to get out of the old and into the new, you keep your eyes on me. But in the middle of that middle place, don't get caught up in cursing yourself. Don't get caught up in the enemy's devices so that I can lead you out of this level and into the new. Okay, that's part of it. And we're going to wrap up. We're doing really good today. It's at 36 minutes. Actually, we're going to wrap up with Proverbs 17, 26, where it says, and I'm saying this to leaders. Listen, if you're a leader, listen, please. It says, it's wrong to punish the godly for being good. Or to flog leaders for being honest. How many people don't like the message in this hour where God is saying, you know, I'm here to clean you up. I'm not playing a game anymore. I've been saying it over and over and over again through my prophetic voices. It's all about the heart of David in this hour. It's all about love. And if you're wanting to come into the deeper places of my heart, you're going to have to clean up a few things. Even those of you who have been serving in the church for a long time. God's saying... That's the place where you can get stagnant the most because we get caught up in our routines and in our structures. And by the way, God's ripping off the apparatus of religion right now. So he's introducing you into to a brand new you, a place for those of you who've been in church all your life. You haven't been allowed or given permission just to be and just to be flaws and all and knowing that Jesus loves you just like you are flaws and all. We hear that. We hear we hear and we give lip service to that. But we, do we really believe it? And so God's trying to get us to believe it in this hour. So we come into our most authentic self to where we know that no matter what, God loves us just like we are. And he's here to set us free, just like he promised and he said he would do. Are you encouraged today? I don't. Oh, yes, I do have it on my screen. Um, if you're looking at the bottom of my screen, actually, I'm going to put my finger, look right here, to EzekielsWheel.org. I want you to go over to EzekielsWheel.org. Um, we're actually going to be getting a button ready for you. Um, that you can actually subscribe on my site to where you can get notified when we go live. We're live on my site right now, but um, in case we get kicked off of YouTube again, we're, we're going to be posting this on Facebook and staying as long as we can. But um, make sure you subscribe to that so you're notified. You'll be notified via text 
or email. We're going to give you that option. That's probably going to be available in a couple of days. But um, again, I'll be back up on YouTube by Tuesday, hopefully, and pray for me, pray for my protection on there. Um, as well as if you're looking for a church uh, group or a tribe to fit into, if you feel like you're a front runner, email us. We do vet you, but we vet you because we put people through such an extensive process. It's an eight month deliverance process and people's lives are changed drastically. I mean, people are being blessed. Um, we haven't lost anybody. We, we actually have people that have stayed with me for years and it's because there's power in numbers for one, but for two, because of the dynamic results that they're getting. And on, on top of the fact that we train you how to deal with this high level warfare, galactical warfare, we trained you how to deal, how to deal with cosmos warfare. And we get the mess off of you while you're going through the training. And so it's a wonderful uh, tool, uh, some tools that God is going to fill your backpack up with. But um, consider emailing us. You can email us or you can get it on the site. I think it's Yeshua Navigator at gmail.com if you're interested. But you can also go check out the site and you can go check out new members and click on there and you can contact us there. Another uh, announcement, we're going to be starting Celebrate Recovery in September, for those of you, it's not just for addictions. Celebrate recoveries for anybody that's got a deep hurt, um, food addiction. Uh, you've gone through a suicide in your family or you've gone through the death of a loved one. Any type of hurt, we want to help you get delivered. We've got different deliverance tools within the ministry. And we give everybody, uh, we give make everybody, make them available to everybody. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but definitely consider checking us out. That's on the front page. You can sign up for Celebrate Recovery for September. If you could click on that icon, scroll down the front page to the lower left part of the screen, and you can email us and we'll get you on the list. But with that, guys, I hope you have a great, great weekend. Um, I will be doing this again on here Monday. Um, but until then, I hope you have a blessed day, and I'll see you on the 15-Minute Rebel on Monday. Talk to you then, guys. Bye-bye.